2: Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out Five Reasons That's Five Reasons Sports.com. Uh, spell it out, not sell it out. We don't sell out. We don't sell anything on there except merchandise. You get all the other content for free. So make sure that you check out our podcast Three arts Per Carry, Five Rings, Canes, Light Skinned Opinions, Balls Cast, Shula Bowl, and more. And also check out our YouTube channel. Got a bunch of new shows. That have gone up in the past week, 90 minutes strong. Also, uh, baseball is in chaos, but our Loaded Bases podcast uh, is going to start up pretty soon. It's, an, it's a YouTube only uh, feature that we're doing. Also, check out all the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, another of the sponsors that is really appropriate for COVID. As we know, in addition to a health crisis, this is a financial crisis. And bankruptcy is not a dirty word, it's one of the few laws that exist to actually help consumers. The New Stimulus Act made some important changes to the bankruptcy laws, so it's important to have an attorney explain those changes. They've got payment plans and little to no upfront fees, so you don't have anything to lose, and they can help you or anyone you know at Gonzalez or Tybor. So if you're lucky enough to make it through COVID with no financial problems, and we know not a lot of people are in that boat, chances are you know someone who is not that lucky. Gonzalez and Tybor can help. Even before the pandemic, a lot of people were carrying a lot of debt and living paycheck to paycheck. Bankruptcy offers a chance to start fresh, and it does not ruin credit. Most people see an increase of 100 to 150 points on their credit score within a year of filing. Here's the website. It's pretty simple. Bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. That's right. Bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. And the phone number is 954-678-8354. Again, that's 954 954- 678-8354. And now, today's episode.
0: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alfons Sydney, aka Al 954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
2: All right, Ethan Skolnick back. I've got Alex Toledo. Alphonse Sidney has made his return. Make sure to check out the last episode uh, that I did with Alex. That's up there right now. That's about Tyler Hero, and we're sort of revisiting the 2019 draft. Was that the right pick? Where would Tyler have gone? If you could do it over again, I think we came to the conclusion that the Heat did pretty well in that draft. Also, check out all of our episodes from, like, well, we've been going at it pretty strong here during the entire break, and it looks like we're going to be getting – basketball soon um, looks like in the next couple of days we're going to get approval from the players and everybody will move forward. And I mean, maybe not everybody. There's a couple of players like Davis uh today uh, who basically said that he's not going to be playing, but most of them are, but let's get to something that will come back into play now, now that the Miami heat look like they're returning, which is that the heat made a major transaction at the trade deadline where they sent justice Winslow who was not playing to Memphis, and they also were able to unload Deion Waiters and James Johnson, and they picked up Andre Iguodala, extended him for $15 million for the next year, brought in Jay Crowder, who was a guy they targeted and played very, very well after they acquired him, and Solomon Hill, who, I mean, let's be honest, was kind of the throw into the deal. So Alex, Alf, and myself, we're going to try to look at this in terms of what we felt at the time and now what we feel as we're heading into a shortened season and after what we saw from Crowder and Iguadala in particular. So, Alf, I'll go to you. Time of trade, I remember you and I doing a podcast late that night, and I think you and I were pretty happy about the deal in light of the circumstances. How do you feel about it now?
3: I mean, I still feel the same. I, like, if we had known then what we know now, it might not have been the best trade to make, but we didn't. So, like, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I, I don't – I always feel like it's silly to do those type of things. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it's good like a sports radio topic when you do a redraft or anything like that. But you can't really bash the team for the decision they made under the circumstances they made. They made it. Um, it actually provides some flexibility for the Heat this, uh, this offseason. And with, the, with what's going on with the cap, that actually might be a really good thing. Um, there might be guys looking to get locked up this summer that weren't uh, that that weren't looking to get locked up or who might take shorter deals just because they they're hoping for an increase in cap in a year or two. So all the machinations are different. But at the same time, there was a reason um, they were okay with letting justice go. He he wasn't on the court. And now, even coming back to this season, it looks like justice and who, I mean, he has every right to say this doesn't really look like he wants to play anyway. Um, so, I mean, if we look back towards the, you know, towards the uh, the beginning of the suspension of the season, um, I thought Iguodala and Crowder were starting to round into shape. Um, I think they can both be playoff assets, especially against a team like Boston. So at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it, you know, there are some questions now with everything that's going on, but, for the most part, I still agree with the trade.
2: Yeah, well, a lot of things you hit on, I think, are, you know, you can't really argue with. I mean, nobody knew at the time what was going to happen with COVID. So you're making a trade for this season. You had three guys who were not playing, and you're replacing them with two guys that you thought would play, even if one of them, like you said, was going to take some time to round into shape. So I understood the reasoning at the time. I understood the cap flexibility at the time. I think, to me, that was a big thing. You made yourself a player this upcoming offseason, or you thought you would be. While preserving the flexibility for 21, I think Alex, the things that can be argued again, not knowing about COVID, were the first thing that jumps out to me was giving Iguodala the 15 million dollar extension mm. before you'd seen him and how he kind of fit with your team, and basically handing him 15 million. And again, I, I'm trying to do this pre-COVID, but now that we're post-COVID, it's more problematic Whoa. because post-COVID. It, well, we're not post COVID, but we're post. We're not post COVID not for sure. We're, we're in the middle of COVID, but we're. In other words, COVID has happened. Okay, that's yeah. what I mean. Okay, I think the problem is with this situation is that you've now put that. That in itself is going to push the heat, you know, much closer to the cap than they would have been if they don't make that signing. Right, were you okay? Was Iguadala in your view, important enough? To reward him with a fifteen million dollar extension when you hadn't seen him with your group.
4: I mean, I get why they did it, but there's no doubt about it that Iguodala came out as the winner there. Even though, like, I'm sure it's not the worst situation to have ended up just playing for Memphis, right? But the fact is, he he got he sat. I mean, he was working out, right? He wasn't just uh, you know just eating crap. He was just living a nice lifestyle, working out, and he didn't want to play with Memphis. He wanted his. He wants to spend the rest of his time on a playoff contender. And as good as they were this season, they're still under 500. And I understand him not really wanting to spend the little time he has left on it. But because of that, he was able to leverage himself into that big-ass contract that the Heat gave him. And it doesn't even really matter for them because they're going to end up getting the flexibility they want anyways. And they got more flexibility in the trade. As far as the trade itself, basketball-wise, it makes a lot of sense. Context-wise, it makes a lot of sense because of what you guys touched on and what we all know about what happened with Dion and J.J., and what is maybe not as well known, what happened with just is that there was clearly some tension uh, between him and the organization. And they didn't know when he would play for them again. The thing is, even without the hindsight of him, of us knowing that he was about to play for Memphis before the shutdown, even with that hindsight, this, this trade was all about what's going to happen this summer or this offseason. Right. I feel like if they don't really do anything with the money, I guess it gave him enough flexibility to be able to retain all their free agents. And that's, and, that, and that's still obviously unsure now. But at, at the time, that's what it seemed like. And, if uh, you know, retaining free age, all four free agents is a pretty good plan B if they can't get one of those uh, one-year deals for a Gallinari or a Millsap mm-hmm. or, or somebody else. So I think we still have to wait to see what happens this offseason before we can really judge the trade. Because if they don't do anything with the money, I can see why people say it's disappointing.
2: And well, they may not do anything with the money because there may not be the money they expected to have. That's part of it. I, it they still they still end up on the same, you know, in comparison, it's a zero-sum game, right? So, like, in comparison to the other teams, they still have more money than a lot of those teams, which exactly. was the result of this trade. It's just that the overall amount of money that's available to everybody is going to be less, even with them salvaging you know, the postseason and the last eight games of the regular season. I I think the the other issue with Justice, and you hit on it, it's not just that they didn't know when – they didn't think he he wanted to play for them anymore. I mean, that's the big thing. And that's what reminds me of the Minka Fitzpatrick situation with with the Dolphins, which is that, you know, Minka went to Pittsburgh and started picking off passes left and right and started agreeing to do things he didn't want to do with the Dolphins. Like, all of a sudden, he was okay being a Swiss Army knife when the Dolphins wanted him to do that, and he wanted to stick to one position. And I feel like some of that's going to happen with Justice Self because, you know, he wanted to be the point guard here. He's not going to be the point guard in Memphis. Like, they're listing him as a point guard, but they have a point guard who's going to win Rookie of the Year. He
4: could be their backup. Just say that.
2: he could be, but he didn't, he's, he wasn't planning on being any, he didn't want to be Goran's backup. I mean, he's not planning. And if he's going to be John Morant's backup, it's not like being Goran's backup for a year. He's going to be John Moran's backup as long as he's in Memphis. So, and I don't know that they can play together. I mean, I'm not sure about that. So uh, I feel like what's going to irritate heat fans is that they're going to see justice doing things or agreeing to do things in Memphis. He didn't necessarily want to do here.
3: Does that make sense? um I think it's it's not going to uh annoy heat fans on the I mean there's going to be both sides of it right and that's that's what that's what that's what comes with every trade you know there's going to be the people that say oh look they the heat couldn't get justice to do uh this that and the third then you're going to have the people that say oh why wouldn't justice do that for the heat and they're going to blame justice you know it's just one of those things where people just you know just let Like, let everything play out, right? (laughs) But we don't do that. We have to – we, like, immediately, if Justice has, like, a 28-7 game, like, everyone's going to lose their minds. Oh, look what the Heat could have had. Iguodala only had uh, 9.4 rebounds and two assists. Uh, Jay Crowder didn't even play this game. You know, they're going to – Right, everything is going to be a referendum on the trade, no matter what in either direction. If Justice has bad games, you're going to have the this Winslow crowd comes out. Oh, oh, look, he he can't even play over there, and blah blah blah. blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> no matter what happens, you're going to have one side react and 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 turn it into their favor instead of just saying, "Listen, the, the 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 team and Justice couldn't get on the same page. Moving Justice helped them to." Get off of some really uh, bad contracts mm-hmm. and it gave them flexibility moving forward. Like, be happy for Justice if he goes out there and kills it in Memphis. And also be happy for the Heat that they were able to get rid of Deion Waiters and James Johnson right. and create cap flexibility. Like, it actually, like, if you look at it, it's such a win win trade, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, Justice went to a young team that is going to probably be a little bit more experimental like once Jimmy got here, the justice thing got accelerated, you yeah. know, it it started, it wasn't, it wasn't a plucky young fun team anymore. It became a, you know, a, it's, it was about, okay, we, we are contending now. So there was less leeway and there was less flexibility to play with justice's position and things that he can do on the court. He can do all that in Memphis now. So that's what I'm saying. I, think, I feel like it's such a win-win for both parties.
2: Well, and, and the other thing you mentioned with Jimmy I mean, the very first game of the season, Justice had, what, 27-7-7 and 7, and basically declared it his team after the game. I mean, I was standing right in front of him. and But then Jimmy came back. And it's not just that things got accelerated, but Justice is, as we talked about, Jimmy Light in a lot of ways. And so we never really got to see what it would look like offensively. I know the clips of the two of them playing defensively together with bam and uh, you're always always going to be regret about not seeing that through. And I know Nikias and Christian and others have that regret. I understand right that here. regret. What's that?
4: I said, I'm right here.
2: Well, you're right. You know, I understand what you too. I know, but all of you guys, but, and, and I get it, but offensively, we never, I don't know if it would have worked. We just, we don't know.
4: Like, See, And that's, that's the thing. That's what I was about to say uh, right here is that Basically, I think the fair, thing to, the fair thing to say, no matter what, like forget the whole taking sides thing, which, by the way, is absolutely true. It's like everything not on Twitter now is just about it, it's size and everybody trying to enforce their opinion, even though it's like there's, like there's no nuance to it. What I've said is absolutely right. But outside of that, it's, I think the fair criticism, despite how you feel about the trade, I think it's fair to say that the Heat didn't really let it play out. Mm-hmm. with the whole with justice right i think the dion and jj thing was way past through Like, right? like they had, they they'd obviously been looking to move him the justice thing i think was more convenient than anything like i think maybe some people maybe you guys feel it's more like uh it was just a it was just good timing and, and, and it, it was a good time to do it i think it was more but it was convenient to move him at that time but not necessarily uh right like i think it might have been a little bit early I get why they did it. Again, there was plenty of positives. Iguodala's nice, but they essentially downgraded uh, Justice for older Justice for a chance to do something with the money and get rid of the guys they wanted to. So again, Mm -hmm. there's positives, but I think it's more than fair to say that they maybe didn't let it play out. Like he barely got to play with Jimmy and Bam. They looked so good when they did play together, right? Like all these other guys got really long chances, and I think he didn't get the chance to. Well, I, I, but Alex, I think
2: Alex, I think their argument would be we wanted to see it. For no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash
0: Miami Heat. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar.
1: When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
0: You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash
5: podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? play
4: i mean Honestly, th- that like, that it that doesn't really like d- do it for me either because it's like well you guys are mad that he didn't really want to come back as early as you wanted him to and that, that doesn't feel like a good enough uh, retort to me it's just like well that's it was obviously his choice maybe there's more behind the scenes than him just wanting to wait have i, I, have,
2: that, I to- have i told the story on the air about if i told this st- and then we'll go to break Have i told the story on the podcast of, of what happened when he went for an opinion i know i've told you guys off there have yeah. i told you Okay.
4: Uh, No, I don't know about on the pod, but yeah. Okay.
2: So, I mean, what I was told by more than one person, and not from the heat, by the way, was that essentially, you know, he was given an opinion that told him, Justice, we don't see anything. And he got angry at the doctor. Okay. directly. And again, I like justice. I'm biased on justice. I, I find him to be interesting. And I, I like the fact that he speaks out now. He's a bright guy. He always treated me well as a media member. But from what I heard from some of the stuff behind the scenes about, he just, he would not accept any diagnosis that, you know, indicated that he could play. And I'm not saying that the heat, always handle these things perfectly. I'm not, I was okay? about to
4: say, doesn't that sound, I mean, obviously you're, but the that
2: didn't come the, from the heat though, Alex, that's what I'm oh, saying. Okay,
4: I was about to say that that, that probably depends I, I'm, on where you get it from, but right. No, that yeah, did not come. That of.
2: did not come from the heat. That's why I'm saying like th- there was this perception uh, out there and look, you and I, all, we all know now, and we don't need to say it, but when certain media members start coming out with certain information, that's negative about players, it's pretty clear that the team is guiding them in that direction. Okay, I've been on that. I, I've been on that side. I, I know how sure. that works, okay? Um, and so, yes, there was, just like with Whiteside, where the entire media core turned on Whiteside at the same time, <laughs> uh, some of that was starting to happen with Winslow. But I can tell you that the information I got about Winslow what had more to do, what came from outside sources. It came from outside sources connected to players Mm. who basically didn't understand what the deal was. Okay. And so I I think there just became this frustration with it. You know, that was, you know, from the players on the team, but also obviously from the organization. And I think the organization felt like they'd invested a lot in justice. They backed justice in a lot of different ways. And he simply didn't want to play. That's, that's their perception. Justice will probably say something different. But I think that's part of it. But after the break, I really want to get to Iguodala and Crowder um, and what exactly we can expect. So, uh, But I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. Spell it out, O-N-E, calllegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day to handle your case, traffic tickets, personal injury, immigration, and more. Again, it's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. They're located right in North Miami, between 103 and 119th Street, right off of I-95. That's the Miami Shores area. Actually, the office is right over I-95. We actually work there from time to time, pre-COVID, um, and we'll be back there. But definitely need to talk to everybody down there, uh, Mendy and David and Eric and Joe. Um, they do a great job down there at the Seltzer Mabry Law Firm, and they handle just about everything. So it's just a phone call. Get a consultation. Check out your problem. We know, obviously, during covid that there are a lot more legal problems that have come up that you may not have been aware of before. All right. Um, and Crowder specifically, we're not going to spend a lot of time on Solomon Hill. Uh, Crowder, the fifth free agent, the fifth free agent. Yeah, We we don't (laughs) talk about that so much. The fifth for the fifth free agent, uh, Crowder Alf better than you expected. And is he someone that should stay?
3: Um, he was better than I expected right out of the gate. He started, uh, you know, water reaches its level, Tony, Eric. Um, but uh, he's still, to me, and I've always liked Jay Crowder. I know people uh, scoff at some of the um, the three-point efficiency and things like that, but I've always liked the way he plays. I feel like he fits in a Miami uniform. Um, I feel like he tries defensively. I feel there's a lot of guys on this team that Jay Crowder is a defensive upgrade over. And just his size, his length, his body type. He can play, you know, two or three different positions for you. He he gives you a lot of flexibility. And if he can just keep his three point shooting, you know, above 35%, I, he's, he's a threat from out there. And he actually spreads the floor a little bit. So I, I've always liked Jay Crowder. So it's it's not really that he's better than I thought he was going to be or, it's kind of like he is what I, you know, what I thought he was. And I've always liked him as a player. So to me, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about him being here and I would actually like him to stay because he wants to be a Miami Heat player. He wants to live in Miami. And I think there's something to be said about that. Mm -hmm. And I know we don't, we try not to talk about the intangibles too much, but when somebody's happy and somebody's where they want to be it's, it's, it I, I feel like it kind of can affect their play a little
2: bit. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I think if you look historically at the players who've wanted to be in Miami, you've you've drawn better performances out of them than, you know, guys who sort of have one foot out the door. There's no question about that. I mean, Alex, you and I have talked Jay to death when we talked about free agents for this upcoming year. So I, I don't want to overplay yeah. that. I, I, I think the thing that was interesting about Jay – was you know the ability to play as a four next to Bam. I think yep. some of these lineups uh, will be really important. And I, I would not be surprised. You know, Again, I, Myers is coming back, and I think that the Heat will try to start big. But in the playoffs, and as we get towards the playoffs, Eric is going to have to adjust to what other teams are doing, and other teams aren't going to have their full complement of players. And some of them probably are going to go smaller is my guess. And so I think Jay Crowder as a four – is an interesting proposition, you know, it does different things than DJJ, does different things than some of the other guys they put there. But I, I think that's something we're probably going to see a lot of.
4: No, for sure. I think he's one of the more stable uh, presences and as far as uh, on the floor. And, and, again, his three-point shooting is, is the biggest key, and that's the one thing that isn't going to be extremely stable, right? Like, I just expect him to kind of be hovering around 33%, 34% for in, in his time here. But I'm good with him, man. We I've said before that I would prioritize him over other guys just because I think their need for defensive personnel is so huge, and because he can play uh, those different forward spots and help take the load off of Jimmy and Bam, right? I think I think it's really a perfect role for him, and the same for Aguadala, right? Because the both of them really it, it just needs to serve three and D roles and don't, they don't, they don't even have to be the best defenders on the team. They just need to be good defenders and solid shooters. Right. So I think the low expectations part of it is why I feel good about it. I think, I think they can both be nice, better presences in the playoffs and guys who you can kind of count on in that rotation. Once you start to shorten it.
2: I think that as we talk about Iggy, one of the things that will come up big here is I I, I think having I've talked a lot about young players, but having a few veterans who can handle adverse circumstances will be important for this team in the playoffs. And so I do think Eric's going to trust. I've mentioned Dragic a lot. I think as he's getting to know Iguodala, that's the other thing this break has allowed is I'm sure that Eric has had a lot of conversations with him during the break. Like they, they didn't really have time to get to know each other. Right. (laughs) You know, the, the trade happened, they went out on the West coast, they started losing some games it, everything happened very fast, you know, but now you've had months. And so my assumption is that he and Iguadala, who already sort of think the game the same way, Andre's very intelligent. I think that that probably has strengthened during this period of time. And I would guess there'd be even more, more trust. Let me throw this at you though. Golden state. I just saw has a $17 million trade exception next year. Would you try to trade Andre back into that space?
4: Uh, That's an interesting prospect for sure. I think I saw Blake bring that up on Twitter. And if that works, I think, I guess they could try that. But like, what do you think is the biggest reason to do something like that?
2: I mean, it's just to clear the money. If, if you feel like – and the question becomes – Are you
4: going to do something with that money? I feel like that's something they would deal with. They're, they're trying to, like, make something work with a with an upgrade type of player.
2: Well, possibly. I, I think a lot of it depends on what he looks like this postseason. It just he, – yeah.
1: he,
5: he,
2: he tailed off a lot at the end in Golden State. He did. And so I, I don't know if he gets back to being the same player that he was beforehand. But I would think that when they made – the decision to extend him for the, for the 15 million that they always have another plan about, okay, if we need to unload this, we can. Yep. And, and so when the warriors, when the warriors money came up, I was like, okay, there it is.
4: The <laughs> tenders will always trade for an Andre with Yes. Especially yes. if like, he isn't even playing that well. So maybe it, w- it wouldn't be very tough to get him We just kind of got to match the salary. And uh, again, that really does sound like something that straight out of the heat's playbook for like, well, we're going to keep this guy here. He's going to help. Uh, he fits basketball-wise, but at the same time, we can flip him at any at any point uh, if if we feel like he's not doing it for us. Or more importantly, if they're trying to uh, get some, you know, make something work for a, a star player like Enola Deep or Drew Holiday or anybody else like that, and they're like, "Well, mm-hmm. we got to make it work."
2: Got uh, fifteen million dollars gotta... on an expiring, yeah. right? I mean, that's
4: and I guess the, that helps too with the concern for trying to land somebody now. Or, I mean, now in the short term, and
2: also somebody else in the long term, because you know that's how they're thinking. So, Alf, I'll throw this at you as we close the pod. Will Justice Winslow ever be as good as Andre Iguodala was in his peak?
3: I don't think so. But, I mean, Andre Iguodala, his peak was really, really good. I mean, even if you go back to the days with the Sixers, I mean, he was awesome. I mean, he's also an athletic freak that um, Justice just is not. And his ability to finish around the rim is just something Justice will never have. Justice doesn't have that leaping ability. He's just not, I don't know, he's just not the same. His whole frame is just completely different than what Andre is. And also, Andre, at his peak, was a pretty scary three-point shooter from the corners. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope that, you know, I hope for Justice's sake, he continues at uh, this, you know, the the pace he was on where he was shooting 35, 36% from three. Um, but no, I don't think he'll ever be a, you know, an NBA finals MVP, but you know, I think justice has a really, really, really high ceiling. You guys all know how high I am on justice. And I, I personally want to see him do really well. And I think he'll look good next to John Morant. I do. I just think, um, you know, with a little less pressure on him to play make, mm-hmm. um, but as a secondary playmaker, I think he can really shine in that, in that environment.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, like I said, I, my concern about it is, is the shooting, but uh, Morant shot the ball pretty well from deep this year. I guess so we, we went over it yesterday. Al, Alex was like 39 percent or something. So if that's yeah. the case, you can play Jared them together.
4: Darren Jackson. Jackson's is a very good three point shooter. Well, that's the
2: thing. They get space from their bigs. Right. So, I mean, yeah. but you know, and Brandon Clark can shoot the ball a little bit too. I mean, not, not with quite that range, but he can. So they have enough. They're an interesting team. Like they turn that thing around really mention. Cool.
4: For uh, uh, for Memphis, Jonas Valanciunas has been, like, really productive for them. Yep. So they can kind of switch it up with different looks. Like, they can start off with Jonas, who's who who who's been the starting center over there, who, who's been very good for them, and then off the bench, bring Winslow, move Jaron Jackson to the five. They can do stuff like that. I just think he'll be a very good fit because he's just going to be uh, a good basketball fit, a great cog to that team. And I think just like Alf said, to take that pressure off for him to be the main playmaker, and I think he's going to fit right in. It's just obviously, I don't think he'll ever be that alpha guy, but I think he's going to be a very good, like, cog for, for good teams going forward.
2: Well, we'll see how it plays out. I think for this trade to be deemed a success, um, I think you're partially right, Alex, that a lot of it will have to do with whether they do anything with the money this offseason. Uh, but a lot of it has to do with, I, I, I don't think it's Crowder. I think, I think we have to see Iguodala's worth in a playoff situation. That's number one. Well, the like,
4: thing is, you're already committed to Iguodala. And like we said, we could flip him, but you're not committed to Crowder yet. So. Right.
2: Right. Well, that's true. But they made the trade assuming that Andre Iguodala was going to upgrade them, at least for now. True. And, and so, you know, the question, you know, it's will he upgrade them in the playoffs? Is he playable still at the end of games? Can he be part of your crunch time lineup? Like right now, you know, it's Bam. You know, it's Jimmy. Sometimes it's Goran. Sometimes it'll be Duncan if you feel he can defend or you go offense, defense. Or is it just going to be Iguodala becomes, you know, this was happening a little bit where Iguodala was part of a defensive switch with Duncan Robinson late in games. Like, you, like we've talked about all season when there was a season before we start resuming, they were in positions this year where they had three bad defenders on the floor at the same time. So Iguodala well, and Crowder frequently. are supposed to remove that. Frequently. Frequently. Like most of the year.
4: Way too often. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. We'll be doing more episodes this week. We're going to take a look at BAM's extension and how that plays in. We'll probably do that over the next couple of days. Good to have uh, the whole crew here. FiveReasonsSports.com. That's FiveReasonsSports.com. Check out Seltzer. Mayberg, again, that's OneCallLegal.com. Also, BankruptcyIsGoodForYou.com. And if you're looking for subs, I saw that they just added this. So not just the Davy location, but the Hollywood location now. If you order subs and use the code 5R online, you get 15% off. So that's Mr. M Subs. Make sure that you check that out as well. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the 5 Regional Sports Network.